Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,166. Hard work, perception, and, and attitude are everything in life. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Scott Ferguel. Hey, Scott, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yeah, man. Let's throw this in launch control and get after it. All right. Sounds great. Scott Ferguel is a partner at Second Car, an online auction site, Buy It Now Sales, and an automotive blog for track events, DIY tips, and lots of cool car stories. Along with his business partners, Tom Gertz, who's a past Cars Yeah guest, and Andy Ritt, a future Cars Yeah guest, I hope, Scott is a lifelong automotive enthusiast who has turned his passion into a business. He's worked in the oil and gas industry for over 15 years and is an avid Porsche enthusiast, having owned many of them throughout his life. On the side, when he's not spending time with his wife and four children or helping with his wife's graphic design business, you'll find Tom at the track racing his spec Porsche 944. So, Scott, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you before we jump into the questions. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. You know, I don't really want to bore the listeners with uh, the oil and gas piece, but, um, you know, cars has been such a integral part of me growing up. And it's something that I'm kind of instilling into my kids, uh, especially my youngest who can't get enough of, of cars. The second car.com idea was just a bunch of guys sitting around and coming up with an idea of where we think we could do something a little bit better, turn our passion and our enthusiasm into something that is a, a, a business model that I think a lot of car guys will, will resonate with. You know, you want to deal with the people that uh, have like-minded passions and, and the way that we've created secondcar.com, I think that allows us to do that. Absolutely. Well, I had your business partner, Tom, on the show just a couple weeks ago, and he shared a lot of that too. I think all of you guys, this is kind of a sidepreneur business that's growing into a full-blown business here as it grows and everything. And I found out about you because I found you guys online. I saw a cool Porsche for sale, a green 911T, I think it was, and you guys did a great job of following up since I clicked on that to express a little bit of interest. I, too, am a full-blown Porsche-file, Porsche-fanatic, Porsche-crazy guy, so I think we're going to get along real well today, Scott. So as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on cars. Yeah, so Scott, take the wheel. Yeah, well, you know, what I kind of view is hard work, perception, and, and attitude are everything in life. Working hard, it's not a, a question of if, but it's a question of it will return uh, the outcome you're after. I was telling my, my one of my sons uh, just today that perception is absolutely everything. Always present yourself and everything that you do uh, in a way that exemplifies the message that you want to send. And I think at, lastly, and we all can kind of agree that attitude uh, is everything and attitude is infectious. So make sure that you're spreading the right vibe. Absolutely. In the car world, and I, you know, I just, as we're recording this, I just returned from SEMA. Now that was a few weeks ago when this show airs, but, uh, my goodness. I mean, the, the automotive industry just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And this was my 30th year going to SEMA. And 
What struck me was just the camaraderie and the professionalism in the industry. I mean, no, how, no matter who you run into, somebody that has a, a little one-man business or a, the head of a huge company, it's a really fun world to be in and participate in and be a part of. It sounds like you're uh, you're raising your sons right, and I know you've got one daughter too, right? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, those are great messages to share. Those are messages I've heard over and over again. And shout out to your kids. I'm hoping they'll get a listen to this show to hear dad on cars. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Well, let's go back in time a little bit here before we jump forward and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed going to be a car guy? Oh, absolutely. It was actually this when I was um, thinking about it. This is probably one of uh, one of the favorite things that that really brings home the the enthusiasm to me. It was I was nine years old, and I did growing up. I didn't see my father very much because he he was um, uh, he is a physician and very busy at the hospital. So I, I just I didn't get to see him very often. But there was one morning where he woke me up and said, "Scott, I got something to show you." And tired eyes, kind of groggy, going downstairs and and going out into the garage. And there was a brand new 1983 Porsche 944. And I looked at it and I thought I was looking at a spaceship. It was just the most incredible car I've ever seen. I remember crawling through it and sitting in the driver's seat, looking at that stick shift and just being in awe. And, And I come to find out years later, that was one of the first shipments to come in from uh, Germany to the United States, and it was a a car that was originally specced by an owner that he ended up not getting it. So my dad just happened to walk into the store at the exact time that the guy gave up his allocation, and my dad said, I'll take it. Didn't even really drive it or anything, just said, I'll take it. And just sitting in that car seat, smelling the leather, feeling the different tactile features of the car, and I was I was hooked from that moment. I was hooked. Now, how old were you at this time? Nine. Nine, yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, an impressionable age, especially with a son and a father. And you race a 944 now, so I'm guessing that that experience at nine has something to do with what you're driving on the track today. It absolutely does. What do you like about racing the 944? You know, it's not the fastest car by any stretch of the imagination, um, but it is... Uh, very well balanced. It responds. the The steering is is heavy in the sense that you know there's no modern conveniences to kind of help steer it along. So every bump, every screech of the tire, every turn, you really get that feedback. And it just it's just a hoot to drive. It's got long shifts, so the 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 ratio is is long. It uh, allows you to kind of ride out the gears uh, through the rev band, and it's just. It's not the fastest car, but you do get the best experience with it. 944s, when you go back and look at when they came out, and Porsche really did a lot of work to bring those cars to the track, as they did with many of their cars, to try to promote them to the public. And, you know, diehard 911 guys looked at those when they first came out after the 924, which was a little anemic. The engine was kind of small in those things. But the 944 is kind of up the game, and those cars were really successful. Racing. I, mean, I think back to some of the, the racing teams and like the 924, even the 924 GTP Le Mans cars that were somewhat successful and then jumping into the 944s. I'm not sure a lot of people know how successful that whole series was. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's not just that 
again, when you look at the 911s and the way that they're set up, and of course, they've got greater displacement, so they, they definitely have some speed on the 944. But when you look at the way they built the 944 with the engine up front, but the transaxle in the, in the rear, it really balanced the car very well. And I've been surprised on some of the, the turns that I've been able to do in that car. And it just, it's, it's responsive. It's, it bites into the corners. I, I, Tom and I actually, uh, last year, raced a, a, another car, another 944 in the 24 hour of lemons, um, which is, <laughs> yeah, is event. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it really is. It really is a great event. And it was just, uh, I think that's where, and to your point earlier, you get a bunch of guys around that just share the same passion and the camaraderie that, that comes out of that is just um, – it's infectious. It really makes you want to hang out with them more and get more involved because it doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Everybody can find a common denominator when it comes to, to cars and the passion around cars, and, and that's one of the many reasons that I just – I love them. I had Reeves Calloway as a guest here on the show. Great guy. He's been around forever. A, a tuner, of course, people know of Callaway, and they think of Callaway, they think kind of of Corvettes. So back in 83, he put together a uh, turbocharging package for the U.S. 944, U.S. spec 944 cars. Um, I think they had like a 2.5 liter inline four engine. Am I right on that? That's correct. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just to make them go a little faster, have a little bit more fun. Of course, Reeves has been... Uh, augmenting car power for a long, long time. Yeah, so, didn't he do some, he did some stuff with BMW too, didn't he? Oh yeah, he's done some things with, go back and listen to his show on Cars Yeah, because you can learn how he started, and it was a really unique way that he started, and it, his start pretty much collapsed right at the beginning because of the car mark that he was working with, but then he took that and created the empire that he has today. So for those listeners and for you, Scott, go back and listen to my talk with Reeves. He, I really admire him. He is He's become a friend. He's just that. a really, really great guy. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down, Scott, and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. Kind of crawl under the hood and get our fingernails a little dirty, something you're not afraid to do. Would you share with me a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way? Now, this could be your career, your life, your racing. doesn't matter what it is, but the most important thing with this question is, what did that valuable lesson teach you that you can take forward? And grow more. Yeah, um, you know, as you alluded to in my introduction, I'd say one of the biggest challenges would definitely have to be kind of balancing slash juggling act of, of raising four kids and yes. and working three jobs. Um, because uh, as you mentioned, uh, I've got my oil and gas business. I got um, secondcar.com. And then uh, uh, my wife and I have a graphics design business. So it, it's certainly a full day. And uh, <laughs> no being kidding. able to, to make all that work and still have time for my, my wife and I have some, some time together is is a challenge. And it's a, it's, it's a delicate balancing act. Uh, my wife and I actually just shared our, our 16th wedding anniversary just a couple of days ago. Ah, so that Congratulations. Kind of, thank you. And so that kind of that brings to the thing that I've learned is you need in life, you need to fail fast. And what mm. I mean is figuring out what works and doesn't work fast and be able to make adjustments or learn from those teaching moments as we, uh, I'm sure they're referred to in the, uh, frequently. We all have these those teaching moments in life and quickly be, be, being able to adapt and overcome them, uh, I think, is, yeah. is what you need to do. So failing fast. You know, it's a great example and a great lesson in life. And uh, one of the things I hear from people talking about when you're digging a hole, if you don't hit gold, or in your case, gas or oil, <laughs> or gems, or whatever you're digging for, 
know when to get out of the hole and go dig somewhere else. Exactly. Um, so dig fast. And, uh, but wow, that's a full life. I understand. I raised two kids and, uh, full-time business that I was working at. Thank goodness my wife decided to stay home and help uh, in a way of raising the kids, and she left her career. But t- a big shout-out here to your wife's graphic business. Let's let's uh, give our, our listeners a little bit of an idea of what's going on with that, because I know you guys are doing some cool things there. Yeah, so we have a, um, a business that we call uh, 6F Graphics, which there's six Virgil so uh, that's how that one <laughs> came to go. be. We've kind of split it up a little bit. So my wife handles the designing of shirts and, and bags, and, and we have uh, vinyl cutters and heat presses here that uh, she goes on the computer and designs out these great, just witty, fun designs and um, puts them together on a, on a T-shirt or on a, on a Tumblr or uh, whatever medium that the, her clients want and, and uh-huh. produces some really incredible stuff. And me being the, the car guy, I do the same thing. I have uh, the same uh, software and tools, but I use it for cars. I cut out uh, uh, vinyl graphics for cars, and my race car is just filled with them, as is Tom's, uh, the, cool. and not to mention our trailers, for that matter, where I just cut all these designs and, and uh, put them up on our cars. And um, it's been fun, and, and, it's, and that's what life's all about, right? You Hopefully, you can get something that you're passionate about and you enjoy doing, and you're not working if it's something you're passionate about. So she handles the clothing side, which she loves. I handle the car side, which is something that obviously I love. And we've turned into a kind of a, a great little business for she and I. You know, and you're teaching your your four kids some really valuable lessons because kids look to their parents all the time when they see how hard you guys are working. My dad had his own business. My mom worked really hard. Uh, she had her own business. And uh, yeah, you learn from that as a kid. You go, wow, that's what you got to do to succeed. Uh, you can't sit, sit back on your laurels. It's not going to come to you. You've got to go to it. What's the website? Just as a quick shout out for our listeners to go check out that graphic website. So um, it's on Facebook. You can just uh, search for uh, 6F Graphics and it'll pop up on Facebook. So is it a, the number six or the yes, word six? It's the number six, uh, then F Graphics. Well, that was my uh, career way, way back was graphic design and advertising. So I have a place in my heart for, for doing all that fun stuff. Let's shift gears and talk about the other end of the spectrum. And that's a big aha moment. Now, I think you probably had a bunch of those because you're a main career guy in oil and gas. You're a sidepreneur guy in, in the car business and the graphics business. I mean, you're a multipreneur person. Is there even a word for that? I've heard of sidepreneur, <laughs> but multipreneur, I think. But uh, what's a big aha moment in your career that really helped you move forward and you decided, you know what, that's the path I need to go down? Well, you know, it's really, I guess I could tie it to the inception of secondcar.com. I was sitting around with some some buddies and we were just kind of uh, having a couple drinks over car stories. The notion of buying and selling cars came up and I'm not going to say the name of the site, but I had a couple friends that were complaining about another auction site and Mm -hmm. how it's challenging to work with and it takes forever to get a response. And they were complaining left and right. And, you know, my my, Tom and I were just kind of had that aha moment going, there's got to be a better way to do this. And we kind of took mental notes of everything that those guys were saying and complaining about. And we went back after all of our our discussions and kind of sat down and said, I think that we can approach this from a better better angle and and approach it to the car enthusiast angle and really emphasize the fact that, you know, we want to deal with uh, fellow car enthusiasts and really make it a, a, a positive buying and selling 
experience for them. Sure. It, it's a challenge to, uh, and, and I've experienced because I've used this site myself, and it, it really is at times difficult to deal with this this site. So I'm hoping that we can do a, a better job. I'm hoping that our clients will feel the same way, that we, we have a more personal touch, a quicker responding touch, and we respond in a way that I think resonates with uh, fellow and car enthusiasts. And, and I get the sense with the customers that I have spoken to, they sense our enthusiasm. They sense that we're really passionate about cars. And you just want to do business with people like that. And it's worked well for us. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a classic example. And how many of us have been on the website and we said, God, I like what's going on here, but it's just so hard to use. Why didn't somebody like do this? And kudos to you guys for having that thought and then doing it. I mean, it's, that's the great part of what we are dealing with today with the internet is you have the ability to start businesses with a relatively small amount of capital. I mean, what I started here with Cars yeah, it took almost nothing, took a huge amount of my time. That's for sure, learning how to do all this. But uh, I think the opportunities are absolutely tremendous and kudos to you guys for doing that. Well, let's talk about you again and your first really special car. Is there a car the first car that you got that had great meaning for you that stands out and maybe share a memory about that vehicle? You know, um, I don't know if I could say uh, unequivocally that a first car would be uh, something that has a memorable moment. It it would probably have to be a car that I currently own. And it is a 1956 vintage Porsche 550 Spider replica that I own. It's a really cool car, and the way that this one is designed it has lots of graphics on it, and it's it kind of regales the racing era of the 50s. And that car has really – it's funny. I had it sitting in the garage, and I had um, – I was going to take it out uh, that afternoon. So I had the garage open and apparently a police officer had driven by and saw the car, backed up and knocked on the door because he wanted to talk about the car. However, I didn't know this at the time. So I I work from home um, and I get this knock on the door and I look at our camera that's uh, mounted on the front of the house and I see a police officer out there. And of course, when you have no idea what a police officer is coming to your door. Uh What's going on? What what's happened? Who's gotten into trouble? You know, so I go out there and it's so funny. He just goes, "Um, you're not in trouble. Nobody's hurt. But I really want to talk to you about your car. So we went out into the garage and, you know, I just needed a reason to talk about cars. So we spent probably 20, 30 minutes in my garage just talking about the car. He told me about his passion for Shelby Cobras and that he was in the process of buying his own kit that he was going to build himself out in his garage. He and I, and this happened a while ago, and he and I are still friends. We go out for drinks every once in a while. (laughs) That's cool. we, We text all the time. So what amazes me about this car is it... And it's another reason that I love cars is it brings people together. All walks of life, it doesn't matter your socioeconomic background, your political standings, it just doesn't matter. It brings cars together and you can get on a common ground with anybody and everybody. And and that is just, I, I get it every single time I drive that car and I stop somewhere. It's fantastic. Well, Scott, you and I share something here because uh, for a long time I had a Beck Spider and uh, I bought that car. My son will be 25 this month and I bought that actually in Three days. Holy cow. That's a scary thought. How did that time go by? <laughs> Boy, that's all I can say about four kids is time flies, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. It's, it's scary. I bought that car from John Wilhoyt. He built that car for a client using all Porsche parts, including the engine. It had a 56 Speedster engine in it that he had not so slightly modified, very much modified the way John Wilhoyt does stuff. 
Beautiful car. And when my son was eight, we flew to Long Beach, California and drove it 1,500 miles back home wow. up to California, Oregon, Washington coast. No top, as you know. Well, yeah. yours might have a top. Mine has no top. No. Had no top. No Mine radio, actually has no heater. that racing Lexan screen. So ah, I, I okay, even sit, lower. Yeah. Yeah. I sit above the, the windscreen. Yeah. You're a tall guy. So yeah, they are cool cars, aren't they? And they're great fun. Sadly, I did let mine go. The right price came along, and my son to this day has never forgotten or forgiven me for selling that car. But uh, they are great fun. So uh, you and I have a little uh, shared passion there. I'll send you some pictures uh, when we're done with the show here. Please do. Of my, my little Beck Spider. Yeah, it was a great car. Well, how about seller's remorse? I just told you about one of my seller's remorse stories. How about you? Is there a car you've let go that you really wish you had back? In your garage? Absolutely. There, I, I still um, am kicking myself, and it's not that long ago either, but I'm still kicking myself. I, I had a, a 2016 Porsche 911 Targa 4S, and it's when they redesigned the, the Targa bar and kind of brought that back. And that was just such a fantastic car because it gave you the comfort of a Grand Tour, but you still, and it had just that, that, that fantastic styling. The roof was fantastic. You got that open air relaxation that you've just wanted to go out for a cruise, but then you still had almost 400 horses that you could just have a blast with it. I'm still kicking myself for getting rid of that car. And I, I have made up my mind that at some point I'm, I'm going to have to go and, and get another one just because it's just, it was just the perfect melding of all the best things, the performance, the grand touring, relaxation, cruiser, open air without having too much of like the blind spots that you sometimes get with those, uh, true convertible cars. It was just, yeah. it really was the perfect car for me and I'm kicking myself for getting rid of it. Well, and the mechanics of the way they engineered the way that top opened and closed were just absolutely, it's like a transformer when you push that button, all the pieces and moving pieces and things that open up and top goes back. But uh, yeah, those are very I would cool. go to car shows and people would ask me, to do nothing but open and close yeah. the roof. And, you know, I was asked if I was ever worried about um, the mechanics uh, going out on the roof. I, I was doing it so much. And I was like, you know what? Until it's out of warranty, I'll just keep doing yeah. this to, to anyone's heart's content. So <laughs> it's kind of like the old, I had a 91 uh, Porsche Carrera. And when you hit a certain speed, the rear tail went up. And when you pushed, you could push a button on the center console that would bring that tail up. And I would sit at traffic lights sometimes and push that button. And watch the people behind me kind of go, wow, did you see that? Did you see that? You can see them talking in the mirror, yeah. the tail going up, going down. I always thought maybe I should put a message. Uh, there was a little plastic piece that when it went up that you could see, you could put a message there. I always thought, what would I put there? <laughs> like, bye-bye or see you later or something like that. So, oh, Porsches, they're fun. Well, let's talk a little bit more about secondcar.com because we are talking about cars today. And I know that when I had your business partner on, he shared some, but I'd love to get your perspective on what our listeners out there would learn when they go check it out. And it's the number two, ND, and car.com, secondcar.com. Tell us what this is all about, what people would find when they go to your website and your blog. Yeah, I uh, appreciate that. So what we're really trying to do here is just give people a an alternative to buying and selling a car. And it's not just any car. We're looking for classic collector cars, project cars, sports cars, exotics, race cars, anything that's 
kind of that fits that niche of a specialty car. We give you an avenue to uh, buy and sell your car. We don't charge anything for the sellers to list their car on our site. We just ask that you provide us with photos and a good description of what you've done with the car. Tell us a little bit about the car. Tell us, you know, what you've done with the car while you've owned it, how many miles you've driven it, just all those key things that a buyer would really want to find out and to know so that they can kind of have a an informed, have that informed opinion of your car before they bid on it. But uh, as you mentioned, it's an auction site that you can go on. We make our money uh, on our site on the buyer side. So we do have a mm-hmm. buyer's premium, but it's um, three to 5% depending upon the car. And that's, again, how we make our money on the site. One of the things that we do that's kind of unique to the market is if it doesn't sell, on our site through the traditional auction. We have kind of like a, a second chance option to where we'll move it over to our buy, uh, our buy it now page, let mm-hmm. you know what the reserve is, let you know what the, the seller's looking to get for the car, and we give you another opportunity to purchase the car. And we will act as that, that mediary between the buyer and the seller to, to get a, a price that hopefully both parties can agree upon and, and hopefully sell the car. And we do this both for cars and for parts. So it gives you just kind of a one-stop shop of everything depending upon what you're looking for. And if you don't see what you're looking for, we give you an email address that you can kind of send in to us. And we've got quite the network of, of people and dealers out there that uh, if we don't have it, uh, maybe we can find it for you and we'll work to get that done for you. You know, I'll say that, um, and I honestly don't remember how I first spotted it, but there was a 69911E for sale on your site. It was green. I remember that. And I must have clicked on it, looked at it, and poked around a little bit. And then shortly thereafter, Tom, who's been a guest on the show, your business partner, um, sent me a nice email saying, hey, I want to thank you for your interest in the car. Uh, we're doing this. Here's a link. If you have any questions. I mean, it's like, whoa, that's, that's personal attention. I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't expect that at all. Uh, what's the best way for people to interact with your site? I know to go to it, but do you have a, I mentioned earlier, a blog they can sign up so that they can see things. Because I know there are other auction sites will send you emails every day or messages saying, hey, look what's new today. Yeah, well, so we do have a blog page that is uh, on the the website. So you can just kind of go up to the top of the website and click blog. And and that really gives gives you a taste of just our enthusiasm because we don't just talk about cars that we're selling or cars that um, we've had hit the site. We give kind of some information about everything that we do, things that interest us. Um, you know, one of our business partners likes BMWs and and likes Porsche 928. So he always puts something up about that. And Tom uh, does a lot of racing. So he'll put up information about that. But we do have uh, an email blast that we do and we don't want to be obnoxious with it. So we're viewed as spammers. So we don't send out a newsletter every single day because we don't want to be obnoxious with our, our, our contact. But to your point earlier, you know, if you had some uh, interest in a car, uh, if we have something that comes up similar, we always keep records of what interests people so that if we have something new that comes up, we'll let you know about that and send out a, an email blast about cars that we've just featured or, or maybe we had a car that was on the site that didn't sell, but then the seller decided to bring it back. We'll, we'll reach out to the people that had interest in that and let them know about that. So we try to be sparing with our contact to our clients, but at the same time, we want to have a little bit more of a personal touch, and we don't want to be just this obnoxious group that just sends out uh, a whole bunch of stuff and hopes it sti- you know see what sticks and, and and try to get some type of response. We want to be more one-on-one, so that's where that email came from uh, to you. Was we, we want to just be a little bit more personable with it. There you go. And look, again, listeners, it's secondcar.com, the number two N-D car, second car. Dot com. We all need a second car and a third car and a fourth car. 
And if That's it's a hard, fact. <laughs> and whatever we, six, can, whatever so. we can put in the garage. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Well, if you woke up tomorrow morning, Scott, and you were a car parked in a garage, very introspective question. You were manifested into a car. This isn't what you want to be. It's how you perceive yourself as a vehicle. What would Scott be and why? If I was a car, huh? Um, you know, I, I would have to say I would like to be my 550. Um, and the reason I say that is because, you know, it's the car is nothing fast. I mean, it's a small little, uh, in my case, it's a 1900 cc four cylinder engine. It's not fast mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's not extreme high performance, but that car brings out the absolute best in others. I've mentioned it before already on this call that the, one of the things that I love about cars is no matter what your background is, um, car brings out passion and brings out conversations. And I just, that's one of the things I love when I drive it and I stop somewhere and people always come up and want to take pictures. They want to ask about the car and, and learn more information. That's my passion for cars is being able to meet new people, have conversations, meet like-minded people. And that car is so far out all the cars that I've owned. That's the one that's uh, been able to facilitate that the best. And I think I'd have to be that. There you go. Yeah. I remember getting gas in my Spider was always a long process. Because <laughs> somebody always came over and wanted to talk to you. So It made it fun, that's for sure. Well, Scott, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? to design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage. It's where your dream garage comes true. 
Okay, Scott, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You've been on the track. You know what this means. The white flag's out. Time for me to fire off some questions and have you give me some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice or maybe racing advice you've ever received? Um, I would have to say the best automotive advice that I've received is buy something that speaks to you, not just what's trendy or what's the latest and greatest, but something that speaks to you. Cars are highly personal and uh, they need to, to touch in a, a, on a specific level. So when you hear that voice, listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. And don't buy it because you think it's going to be worth more in a while because no. the market may change and you may absolutely. be stuck with that thing for a long That's time. Because I guarantee you the market will change. It always does. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Um, I would say I am uh, persistent, tenacious, and and loyal to uh, my friends and loved ones almost to a fault. There you go. How about a resource? There are lots of great resources, including Second Car, but is there one you'd like to share with our listeners? When it comes, since I have such a, a huge passion for Porsche, when it comes to anything Porsche, I would have to say my greatest resource is a, a gentleman by the name of Warren Evans, who's at uh, Rinsport Porsche Motorworks uh, in Sealy, mm-hmm. Texas. That mm-hmm. guy is the Wikipedia of Porsche. It amazes <laughs> me how, and, and he's kind of like Rain Man, because you'll pull up in a car and say, all right, it's doing this, this, and this, and you'll mention a sound, and he can tell you what it is in about 30 seconds. He's wow. really an amazing, amazing guy, and he is my go-to resource for anything for race car related or personal car related. He's just a wealth, a wealth of knowledge. Sounds like a great guy. Now, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? Um... Jeez. You know, I would have to say that if given the opportunity, I would love to sit down uh, with Lewis Hamilton. I am a huge Formula One fan and um, mm-hmm. just want to listen about his passion and his drive f- uh, for F1 racing. It- it's really a thrill to watch some of the things that he does. And just to get a glimpse into the passion and, and the mindset of him would be a treat. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Now, how about a book? There are a lot of great books these days. Is there one in particular you might share with our listeners? You do remember that I have four kids, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> when do you find, you know, and that's why I say maybe an audio book might be in order for someone like you. <laughs> well, you know, um, I would have to say, so So that this is kind of an interesting answer here uh, now that I think about it. There have been a couple that stand out, I guess. Um, one is a book called Killing Patton, and I think the, there's two reasons for that. One, I love history. I'm kind of a, a nerd when it comes to history and, and enjoy just reading um, about history, especially the World War II area, because we are really losing an unbelievable generation that contributed to this country. But that book has kind of a unique perspective on Patton, and it was pretty interesting reading. But probably the second reason for that book is brings me to um, another book that I, I love to read, and it's a, a book called My Life that my grandfather actually wrote. My grandfather, Guy Fergewell, is a um, or was a sergeant in the uh, World War II and uh, was on the European campaign. And he regaled me with stories of how he actually met Patton. Uh, kind of had a funny story with regard to that, how Patton drove by and uh, stopped and, and was looking at uh, my grandfather and, and another one of my grandfather's uh, fellow servicemen that were on guard uh, on station. And Patton kind of fussed at them for the condition of their boots. And um, he drove off and said, you know, by the, when I come back around, I want your boots shining. And yeah. so they quickly ran off and, and ended up having to urinate on each other's boots just to oh get my gosh. water 
to, to wipe off the, the mud on the boots and they shine them yeah. up and stood their post and were waiting for Patton to come back around. And of course he never came back around. He never came back. And it was no. just, you know, it's a funny story that he, my, my grandfather told me. And, um, you wow. know, the, the other one being that, um, he was actually one of the soldiers that was uh, guarding uh, the artwork at a castle in Europe that Hollywood eventually made um, a movie about. Uh, oh yes, Monument. Remember Man. that movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My uh, my grandfather wasn't involved with the retrieving of the artwork, but once it was retrieved, he was uh, stationed at the castle that protected that while they figured out uh, what to do with that. Wow. Uh, and he was that one of the five uh, servicemen that uh, looked over that. Uh, so it was it just neat stories. And so those books kind of resonate with me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Killing Patton, that's by Bill O'Reilly and Martin Dugard, I believe, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Great book. Awesome. History. Oh, so important. I think sometimes it feels like we're not teaching enough of it to our uh, kids in schools these days. Well, listeners, you can find a link to all these great resources on the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type in Scott's name. And I'm going to spell his last name for you because it's a little unique. F-U-R-G-I-U-E-L-E. Or just type Scott and you'll find his page with all these great links, including that uh, book. All right, Scott, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy, but there are a few rules to this game. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. You can keep your race car, keep your daily drivers, but this is... The one and only cool collector car that you can have. So that means you got to get rid of everything you have. You can only have one. Money's no object, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of our car- other cars with, and you have to drive it. No garage queens here, cars, yeah. So, Scott, what can I open my checkbook for you today? Um, man, that's a tough question because there's so many cars out there that I would just, yeah. I would love to have. And I tell you, I would be the world's worst car collector because uh, <laughs> I, I am one of these guys that I have, I, I can't stand garage queens. I'd have to drive it. So uh, resale value would uh, severely go down with uh, with me as the owner. It doesn't um, matter. You can't sell it. So uh, that I doesn't matter. That's true. You did say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I would probably, oh, geez, it would have to be a toss up between a real 550 or a real uh, 718 RSK Spider. Those cars are the quintessential race car from the 50s, in my opinion. Uh, Porsche dominated the uh, sports racing with those, and they are raw. They are, you know, there's no bells and whistles. There's no power this. There's no power brakes. There's no anti-lock brakes. It's just you and the pedals and the the steering wheel and shifting through the gears. Um, there's nothing like driving those old cars. So it would have to be one yeah. of those. You know, I got to know what to buy here. So you can't leave me hanging. Oh, just today. You all right. Pick one. All right. We'll, we'll go with the uh, an RSK. All right. Well. That was a little better car anyway when it comes to driving and on the track. But uh, I saw some of those when I was at Ren Sport last month. And yeah, I share your passion with those things. Absolutely wonderful cars. Scott, you've taken us on a great ride today. I knew you would. I really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the track in that 718 RSK Spider? Um, well, I think it would just have to go back to what I had mentioned uh, at the start of this, and that's fail fast. Uh, if it's not working, find a way to change and adapt. Trying to keep doing uh, what's not working over and over again is a waste of time and energy. So fail fast and adapt, and, and much success to everyone out there. There you go. 
What's again the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and secondtocar.com? The best way to follow us is to go to uh, secondcar.com, fill out uh, the email page that we have on that website so that we can uh, send you some of our occasional email blasts. Uh, Come back, check our blog site as we always have uh, interesting information on there that we update frequently with uh, news and and stories uh, for car enthusiasts. But yeah, definitely check out secondcar.com. Come visit us frequently as we are changing the the site, uh, not only from an appearance standpoint, but we're also always adding new cars uh, daily. So check us out. There you go. I'll make sure to put a link to that on Scott's Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Scott Virgiel, F-U-R-G-I-U-E-L-E is the spelling of Scott's last name, or just Scott, and that page will pop right up. Scott, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks so much. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member Finra Sipic. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!